Well, welcome to Coffee with Vern, a time where we enjoy conversation with each other of the truth of scripture, theological truth, and then once a month, we will cover a question segment from your questions sent in to coffeewithvern at gmail.com. We're back. Boker Tove. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Hey, Jesse. Yes. Hey, there he is. Good morning, Jesse. <laughs> I'm here. He's here. Uh, Malone is absent. It's okay. Um he had his blinds closed to his office and I'm always, I'm, I'll be real with you. I'm sketched out to knock on people's doors when their blinds closed. Cause it kind of means, Hey, don't bother me. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he would be like, James, just, you know, just knock. No, but, you could have knocked. But <laughs> it's okay. He's so nice. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but Hey, it's yes. our last episode of the reformation month. That that is both exciting and sad. I'm low key depressed. Yeah. No, no, high key depressed is yeah. actually the proper high key. But uh this is gonna be a fun episode. Slightly depressing because well, we we gotta move on to new things next month and we'll give a little introduction what we're gonna talk about next month. Mm-hmm. Um we've got some good ideas. We've got some good guests coming on next month. I'm really excited about that. Um but today we are going to be talking about brother luther martin luther martin so, luther yeah hey happy early reformation day to all of you out there yeah it's it's reformation day to us here on yeah. coffee with vern i mean considering our yep. reformation month t-shirts there you go um coffee with vern, martin luther is holding a coffee cup shout out to jesse for making that happen <laughs> uh the back is really cool uh would you like to elaborate what the back says jesse the back says peace there it is peace if possible truth at all costs Oh, that was the chair. That wasn't me. <laughs> For those of you not watching. <laughs> peace, if possible, truth at all costs. Mm-hmm. Mm. What a quote from Brother yeah. Luther. Well, it was that one. We had it between two. Yeah. It was that one or the uh, here I stand, I could do no yeah. other. Hey, my conscience bears me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that one. Uh, mm-hmm. That one's a good one. But this one, I actually, I'll be honest with you. Got to be honest. I didn't know about this quote. Yeah. I, I When you said it, it was like, that's from Luther. Mm. So I'm like, shout out to Jesse. Great job. <laughs> hey, real quick before we get started into the uh, conversation, got to give a shout out to my kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, last week was my birthday on Wednesday. Uh, and Miss Ruby. Uh, so I guess we, well, I, I talked about the rat, right? I did Re- talk about yeah. the rat. Recap. So they what, gave me a, what's if you, with the rat? Yeah, if you're not watching, you've missed out. Um, uh, for pastor appreciation, Anna not my Anna, one of my students, Anna, gave me this rat because they call me rat toes. So I have Chacos. I love Chacos. I have two pair of them. And I wear them often for youth events because considering we're outside most of the time and when I play Foursquare, sometimes I like to slay. Now, my kids are going to be like that. Listen, you stink at Foursquare, <laughs> You're horrible. You're an old man. You, I'm so tired of being called <laughs> old man. I'm still pretty. I'm getting better at spike ball, so I'm coming for you. But anyways, they call me rat toes. So Anna got me this rat because they call me rat toes. Mm. And then Ruby, uh, every time she sees me, if I don't have the rat toes out, it's almost like a disappointment, which uh. the kids have like now have cons- that. I'm not James anymore. You're just I might as well toes. just be pastor rat, pastor toes, rat toes, right? And so Ruby found this mug that says mess with the rat toe. And she added the E, which is yes. makes it's it even better. Dedication. Yes. You get the bat toe. Yeah, so you mess with the rat toe, you're going to get the bat toe, which is really cool. I love baseball, too. So. There you go. Exactly. So thank you, Ruby. I'm drinking out of this mug this morning. Thank you so much. Lovely. And shout out to Ubora for always providing some of the best coffee. Of course. My barista, Morgan. I feel, I feel like I know them, and I've never even been there. Dude, I know you don't drink coffee. Do you I like don't. tea? No. But you like muffins. I like muffins. So we're going to go down there. You're going to get muffins because they have homemade muffins. <laughs> I'll go. You and Jesse Holmes drinking a cup of co- and coffee. And you'll have I'll water have and a muffin. Water and a muffin. I, I won't feel we'll out of place But you all. need to meet Morgan. That's the only reason. She <laughs> Look, dude, I was walking in and she was making my coffee before I even sat down. That's that's awesome. That's my barista. Morgan, shout out. you the bomb. So let's get into it. We've got this episode could be lengthy, but we may not. I don't know. You know, there's so much to talk about with Martin Luther. Um, Mm. for all of you that don't know who Martin Luther is, um, you have been deprived of some true joy. All I'm saying, because Martin Luther, okay. 
before we even get into it, so Jesse's going to start the conversation yeah. giving us the early stuff. But before we get there, I remember you. Do you remember this? Was he in your textbook in elementary school and like all that stuff? I, I don't even remember. Dude. So my history textbook in high school, I remember that we had a week dedicated to talking about it was in the medieval period and all that. Because yeah. he was a medieval monk. Um, but in that period, they brought up Martin Luther. And they actually talked about John Calvin, who we talked about yeah. last week. Well, I mean, because of the reform, it, it triggered a chain reaction that brought them out of the Middle Ages. Yeah. So he could be seen as one of the people who brought everybody out of the Middle Ages. Dude, honestly, yeah. And it's kind of cool that the Reformation is such a big part of history as a whole. You know, I... I I've talked to a lot of people and this is not a shot. I'm not taking shots. I, I'm not coming for anybody. Okay. Just the, the facts are the facts. I've taught a lot of people that are like, man, the reformation, mm. what happened? And that's kind of why we wanted to do this month of it because as a Baptist church, especially, but as a Protestant church, this should matter significantly to us. Oh yeah. Because how do we learn for the future is through church history. Mm-hmm. We look at the past so we don't repeat some of the same mistakes and we grow and learn. And I mean, when I, when I think and study the reformation, dude, all it does is energize me to want to just exhaust myself for the sake of the Lord, because oh, yeah. these men gave it all. Yeah. I'm talking it all. And so, um, we are going to have some fun conversations. We have brother Luther with us. Right here. There he is. Oh yeah. And we do have a rubber mallet. We don't have quite the <laughs> sledgehammer. We will talk about why we have a rubber mallet. No, I'm not going to beat anything up. But then we have this beautiful stack of books. Um, I recommend all of these to you. Uh, have I read all of them? Not answering that question. Um, but uh, working through one in particular. Read it. I own it. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I'm reading this one right now, and this one's really good. But we're going to have a fun conversation. So, Jesse, yes. start us off with a little history of Brother Luther, early ages. Right. So I looked up this this city as well. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Another translate another, or another correct pronunciation. Pronunciation. Thank you. Right. Because the way I thought it was said was not correct. <laughs> so he was slang. born in Eisleben, Germany. That sounded pretty good. Thank you. I had to listen to it a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> to Margaret and Hans Luder. Hans. Yeah. So when he was 13 years old, well, first, I mean, he went to a Latin school, but when he was 13 years old, his father sent him to the University of, I don't know how to say this, did not try it, Erfurt. Erfurt or Erfurt or whatever. See, you know, I'm from Georgia. So he sent him to university to study law at 13. Yeah. Man. 13 years old. Like you look at these, the guys from the Reformation, you're like, my goodness. Let's think about us at 13. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah. Um, okay, 13, I was in seventh grade. I had a bowl cut, braces, and I 13, was playing for Riverside Middle. 13, I was watching Monty Python and laughing hysterically. <laughs> the Knights of me. I mean, you know, oh my I'm watching gosh. I'm watching these really stupid movies, and Martin Luther is studying law at Dude, university. I was playing baseball and trying to get right. chicks in seventh grade. That's all Man. I was doing. Bowl cut with braces. That's crazy. Well... <laughs> He earned both his baccalaureate and his master's degree. This is stupid. <laughs> in the shortest time allowed. I'm trying to get my master's. Yeah. They're like, okay, you got to slow it down, Martin. You're going a little fast. <laughs> I, but it, I mean, do you remember exactly how, was it Calvin was 15? Is that right? 15, 16? But I mean, you think of these ages. I'm like, okay, this is a shot. Let me yeah. be honest. My 15 and 16 year olds, they're still picking their noses. <laughs> and... Oh, James. Hey, man. How you doing? Like, you know, they're, they're, I mean, I'm just being honest. They're, yeah, they're not going for their undergrad <laughs> and their master's. Yeah, <laughs> no joke. They're still eating Fruit Loops and eating McDonald's every day. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, oh, that that's another topic in itself, oh. I think, for another day. No, not a shot because, heck, we were like that too, you know? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't any better. Oh, yeah, gosh. so... Well, at that time, he proved that he was so adept at public deba- debates that yeah. he earned a nickname, the philosopher. Oh, that's good. I like that. I, I mean, you know, John Calvin studied philosophy. Martin Luther, nickname, the philosopher. Studying law. Yeah. Which is amazing. Exactly. So, and then, this, is, this was interesting. In 1505, he was 21 years old, oh. and he was going through a thunderstorm. This is my story. 
and a bolt of lightning yes. struck the ground near him. Yes, it did. And he yelled out, help me, St. Anne. St. Anne. I will become a monk. There it is. And so he survived. Yeah, dude, that story is phenomenal. Yeah. And he became a monk. He, he became a monk. Yeah, and <laughs> because in this culture, we got to remember, too, all like their families, John Calvin's, remember his dad worked in the papacy. Yeah. You got Luther's family. They're part of the Catholic Church. Right. And so he's, even though he's studying law, this is part of his life, weekly life. Yeah, that, yeah. Is, that is his life. And so, what, St. Anne, if you spare me, I will go into the monastery and dedicate my life to the monastery. I'm, mm-hmm. And I've read every biography you read about Luther, you're going to read that. I mean, that is one of the, but you know what's really cool is God did use that, which is Absolutely. so amazing. It, it, it reminded me of um, John Calvin. When he like he went through this whole r- religious studying yeah. and stuff like that, and then he realized through something that, was yep. yeah, it's yeah. on yeah. God's sovereignty. And, and Ulrich Zwingli as well. Oh my you know? gosh, can't say for John Knox because he was just, he's just an angry. He's man. on a level all, all on his own. The ferocious lion. <laughs> yeah, that's but why yeah, I love it, him. They all seen you know they had breakthroughs through being absolutely in the Catholic Church. Twenty one years old. And, and then dedicating his life to monastery and Hans, his father. I mean, they sent him for law specifically. I mean, when he dedicated himself to the monastery, even though their family is part of the Catholic church, that was kind of like a, uh-uh, not good. Yeah. Yeah. And so that relationship between him and his father is kind of severed at that point. Right. Um, which was a big, was a, it was a big deal in Martin's life. Yeah. Um, there, I'll have to find a story while you're talking about, it. there's a story about how his father didn't even come support his first mass. I think, mm. I think it was that, um, I mean, did not get a lot of support from his father in this. Yeah. And so you got to think, I mean, and this is before, in my opinion, and here is an opinion, in my opinion, this is before the Lord really regenerated his heart. Oh yeah. He was not a believer at this point Mm -hmm. and he's just following the rituals of the Catholicism. Right. And so it's really cool what now begins going. All right. I'll get back to you. Yeah. So he was extraordinarily successful as a monk stupid smart he he did the prayer fasting he went without sleep he endured the bone chilling cold which you talked about without oh, a blanket dude, we got to talk about that he even would beat himself like he would beat himself because of how he felt about sin um and, and he later was quoted saying if anyone could have earned heaven by the life of a monk it was me or it was i and uh, that's because he, I mean, when he dove in to being a monk, he, I mean, it was all of himself. Yeah. Um, it, they, this, this biography, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I had to put it down. It started during the COVID season. I had to put it down, but it talks about his time of studying. It was unreal, his dedication. So we, we're talking about doing a series on the Puritans. We're talking about yeah. it. You know, and something the Puritans that Martin also, even before being a regenerate believer, he's still just following the traditions of Catholicism in the monastery. He did have a real issue with sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesse was talking about how he threw himself upon the floor. So even, I, I think this, I don't want to quote this wrong. I think it carried into even after he was a believer. His, his extremity of the hatred for sin did. I don't know if this yeah. practice did, but he would at night because of his hatred for sin, in his life and he was trying to seek remember at this point the the catholic church is pretty much teaching works-based salvation right and, and so he's he's throwing himself on the floor in germany but naked on the floor sleeping uh and as a form of almost punishment to himself for, himself. for his sin oh yeah absolutely that's why he would beat himself and, and it, they lived in cells not prison cells but they were pretty might as well have been there's concrete floors yeah. what history tells us without in a blanket I mean, bro, it, it might be 95 degrees outside, and guess who's sleeping with a blanket? Your boy, right here. <laughs> I mean, just this thought makes me hurt. Oh, man. Um, but it was a, to him, it was a form of punishment because he's like, this is how bad I hate sin. I'm going to punch myself. Right. And, and see, through, through all that, he sought God's love Absolutely. continually, but he found no consolation in what he was doing as a monk. Right. In fact, it said that he was increasingly terrified of the wrath of God. Oh yeah. Because of what he was doing as a monk. Yeah, he was the wrath of God was a big thing to him. And that carried on throughout his life. 
Yes. That part did. He had a healthy respect. Sometimes I would go as far as saying it might not have been a fully healthy respect. Yeah. There were, I think after he became a believer, it became healthy, but he had an immense, like, terrifying fear of right. God. It wasn't that fear of knowing God's in control respect type deal. Fear, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is, I, I think that's something that's lost within the church today, though, is the, the true healthy fear yes. of God. Yes. I mean, it, it, Pastor Larry talked about that Sunday. The church doesn't talk about the wrath of God anymore. Right. Now, something else we got to talk about with Luther before we get into regeneration right. and the 1517 mm-hmm. Reformation Day. Um, th- th- his hatred for sin also. Now, this one, God, man, this makes me mad that I didn't check this. I needed to fact check this. I can't remember if this was after he was regenerated or if it was before he became a believer. Do you have the history on when he went to the priest and was constantly confessing? No. Okay, so uh, okay, he threw himself butt naked on a floor, right? And then also he was constantly going to the priest, confessing his sins. So it was before regeneration, right? Confessing constantly his sins, and at one point the priest said, and this is James's layman's terms, okay, but pretty much just like Luther, you're confessing for nothing. Come to me when you actually have a sin, mm. <laughs> and I'm like. He, this man he saw wanted, it as that important. Yeah, he but did. It was he he was seeking the wrong motives, right? He was trying to work his way to salvation, right? But still, I wish well, I see, had what, that respect for sin. Well, that's what I'm saying. What's, what's interesting is these guys. You can tell that there was something else going on. There was something drawing. God them. was using that. Yeah. I'm talking like the spirit was something, working. Something else was there Golly. that was making them understand something they didn't even yeah. know. Was because there. he would go and com- the, this book talks a little bit about he would go and confess, obviously, his lust and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But then things that the priest is like, Martin, that's that we, we don't deem that a sin. <laughs> right. It, it, but there was it's just. Wow. I mean, this is before he saw the beauty of Christ. And I said a quote right. a couple of weeks ago to the students. I said, um, when you fully see the glory of Christ is when you fully recognize the depravity of man. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and so he was realizing it even fully before seeing the glory of Christ. And then after we see the transformation, God working in his life, regeneration, wow, did that ministry take flight? All that yeah. preparation. I mean, God used that for his ministry, just like, okay, side note. God used the Jewish past of the apostle Paul yes. for the sake of Christ. Okay. So go. just sidebar, I Parallel. told the students that and I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> um, all right. So now let's get in. Are we going to, are we going there? Are we getting into 15, 17? Are we going there? Well, let's, let's talk about how he take me there. Get me ready for it. Okay. So when he started converting is when he read what they call the reformation text, Romans one seventeen. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And it was like a thorn in his side, like it dogged him. Uh, and he, this is a quote from Luther. I hated that word, the righteousness of God, by which I had been taught, according to the custom and use of all teachers, that God is righteous and punishes the unrighteous sinner. And then it said the young Luther cannot live by faith because he was not righteous and he knew it. Yeah. And so that was that constant struggle with him. Yeah. And so then um, he was ordered to take his doctorate in Bible yes. and became a professor at your university, Wittenberg. Oh, Wittenberg. 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 Uh, and during his lectures, this is what we talked about, during his lectures on the Psalms and a study of the book of Romans, again, he began to see a way through his dilemma. And this is his another one of his quotes. At last, meditating day at night by the mercy of God, I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that through which the righteous live by a gift of God, namely by faith. Here I felt as if I were entirely born again and had entered paradise itself through the gates that had been flung open. Mm. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And so then he he began to uh, see the scriptures differently, and the church was no longer an institution defined by papal succession and stuff like that, and salvation uh, came by faith instead of the sacraments. So his whole Sola viewing, fide. yeah, Sola his faith. his whole view just 
Yeah, 180. This, this quote really adds to your righteousness perspective because this is what led to the 95 Theses. But the church taught that Christ's righteousness meant that Christ enabled us to become righteous. Luther's growing conviction was that the righteousness of Christ means that he made us righteous. Mm. And that is, that is huge. And so all these convictions that you were just talking about um, really is what developed the desire to produce the 95 Theses. Yes. Um, and uh, do you have any information on Erasmus? Because if you don't, I'm not no. probably going to talk about it. Erasmus played a huge part in uh, Luther's life um, and who Luther is today. Uh, Erasmus uh, developed the Greek New Testament uh, to the market. And so uh, that was a big push. Um, he also wrote another book that helped um, Luther and his insights prior to the uh, 95 Theses posting. Um, but this book talks about the 95 Theses that Luther posted on October 31st are more well-known than the 99 Theses he published two months <laughs> earlier on September 4th. Nevertheless, yeah. the 99 are far more radical than the 95 because in these Luther, Luther, Luther clearly challenged the prevailing scholastic theology. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about them before, I think. Yeah, I, it's just my man, two months he wrote 99 theses prior to the 95. Yeah. Just my man was out. To, he, he, he was, was like, yo, he let's was go. There. Yeah. Let's, let's get it. Yeah. All right. So take me there. Let me. I need my. <laughs> get, your, get your mallet. Yeah. Take me there. So it all started on All Saints Eve. Yes, it did. 1517. Oh, what a year. <laughs> And what this is so interesting to me. I love it. Luther was objecting to the way a preacher named Johann Tetzel Tetzel was man, selling indulgences. That man Tetzel was wilding out yeah, up was. in Germany. Okay, so this completely reminded me of Jesus overturning the money changers tables. Yes, okay. 100%. So so do you want to explain indulgences? Or do you want me to explain? Do it you have the Do you have the quote? Well, I don't about have what the indulgence is a coin in the coffer. Yes, I do have that. So, so an indulgence is a document prepared by the church yep. and bought by an individual, either for themselves or on or behalf of someone who has already. They passed were trying on. to purchase salvation. Yes, from purgatory. Yeah, mm -hmm. release them from the punishments of their sin. So this is just a, you know a document made by some man and some church. But do you know why they were selling these things? That's the crazy part. Well, I mean, do you know why they were selling them? Well, you tell me why. I have an idea. They were trying to build a new chapel. Okay, see, that's what that's what. I was just going to say, these men were trying to greed. build a new sanctuary. Yeah. So that that's <laughs> exactly what I thought was, Oh, they needed more money. So they're going to sell these things. It's ridiculous. I'm like, uh, bro. I'm just, I've, I've told you before. I think I've said on here. I never, there, there's certain things that when I stand before God, I never want on my record. Yeah. And one of those would be something like this, like, which yeah. I don't believe these men are with the Lord. All right. I'm, yeah. You know, I just, Looking at the track records, like a Tetzel in them. Yeah. But man. <laughs> well, let, I mean. <laughs> hey, Jesus, I sold paper well, they, to build a sanctuary. They didn't just sell it, right? <laughs> they had like a like a preaching around it to make it you believe awful. it. And his quote, the one you were talking about, once the coin into the coffer clings, a soul from purgatory Christ heavenward springs. springs. I'm like, they have a catchphrase for yeah. these things. And they, they, and so, you know, in this culture, you would preach in the streets. Yeah. Or you would just go, it was still kind of carry over from what we saw in early church. You just preach in the streets openly. Yeah. Now they had the churches and stuff, but for this, Tetzel traveled the city deemed by the Pope to go. Correct. And, and, and behind the scenes is they're trying to build this new cathedral. Yeah. And, and he would just go, come, you have a you have a soul that is within purgatory? Purchase. We'll see that. I mean, that all goes back to there's one intercessor for us. But here's the, here's the worst part. I was going to, I knew you were going there. Yeah. These people didn't know why. Right, exactly. Because they didn't have the scriptures they to read. They weren't allowed to. And so they're only hearing false teaching, right. and they could not check the truth. Right, which is why oh. Luther Why my man said, reacted. you know what? <laughs> no. <laughs> why he reacted if there had been a... I mean, I seriously, it, it, it immediately reminded me of Jesus coming in with that righteous anger, flipping those tables. I mean, that's just just crazy. So, yeah, that happened. 
and uh, Luther's questioning of the church's, basically the trafficking of those indulgences, and he called for a debate of his 95 Yeah, he theses. did. So, Dude, speaking of the 95 theses. Yeah, go into that a little bit. I have them right here. And let's just, number one, <laughs> our Lord and Master Jesus Christ, in saying, repent you, intended that the whole life of his believers on earth should be a constant penance. And the word penance, number two, neither can nor may be understood as referring to the sacrament of penance, that is to confession and atonement as exercised under the priest's ministry. And so it opens up with saying this, though, out of love for truth and from desire to elucidate it, Mm -hmm. the Reverend Father Martin Luther, Master of Arts and Sacred Theology and ordinary lecturer therein at Wittenberg, (laughs) intends to defend the following statements and to dispute on them in that place. Therefore, he asks that those who cannot be present in dispute with them orally shall do so in their absence by letter. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Can you imagine just reading that and being like, yo, it's about to go down? Well, see, that's <laughs> the thing, right? So these, these 95 theses, it, it started off because he was questioning right. the indulgences. But then it turned into questioning, questioning the authority of the church itself. Did the Pope have the right to make indulgences. Yeah. Oh man. Therefore <laughs> the Pope will not and cannot remit other punishments than those which he has imposed by his own decree or according to the canons. Yeah. And then he goes on this sense. The Pope can forgive sins only in the sense that he declares and confirms what may be forgiven of God or that he does it in those cases, which he has reserved to himself. Be this contempt. The sin remains unremitted. <laughs> I mean, my man was going after the Pope. I love it. I love it. Now, well, you know, Martin yeah. Luther had a fire to him. He did. But where does the fire come? And, you know, we've got a little bit more we want to talk about. Yes. But where does the fire come? Yeah, this might be a long one. And that's okay with me. That's hey, okay. if you're worth sticking around, we'll keep talking. Yeah, we keep going. But the fire came from a desire for truth. Yes. Peace if possible. Truth at all costs. And I'm just like, dude, I'm so glad you put that quote on the shirt because I'm, I may or may not have grab me three of these shirts so that I, (laughs) if I wear one out, I can put another on. But you know, there, I'll be honest with you. That is a quote worth living by today. Yes. Yes. Pieces. Yeah. Scriptures call us to submit to authority. Scriptures command us to submit to authority, but man, peace if possible, truth at all costs. Man, I I, I mean, just prior, I was telling, I, I was telling Jesse, I said, man, I, when I when the Lord called me to ministry, and I really understood that when I graduated, I told myself, I will lose any job, and I will stand up at all costs for the truth of the gospel. Yes. That's awesome. And so I love it. Um, all right. So what direction do we want to go now with <laughs> this? Because so he, he posts these on Halloween, which is I, what I think is a... I, God's sovereign in that. Okay, a pagan holiday. My man's going out for well, truth. Well, the Pope changed that too, right? It's not right. Halloween anymore. It's All Saints Day. All Saints Day. So, um, which you know, yeah, that's fine. You know, and I, I know. I everybody's like, it's not a pagan holiday, James. Like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> it's Reformation Day to me. Yeah, you can call it Reformation um, Day. Do whatever you want. But I mean, he goes and does this. Yeah. Now, this sparks something. Yeah. So now let's talk about this just for a minute because yeah. a lot of people don't know this. Some don't think that it was actually hammered to the church in Wittenberg. Why? Now let's I I'm one of those that I think it was. Okay, I think it was. I know there's many scholars. Some of my favorite scholars are like, it was not. Okay. That's just for the fun of the story. I'm like, you know what? Don't be a Debbie Downer. Okay. <laughs> I think it was true. But the reason that this is kind of cool to know that in this time when someone wanted to post something or make a statement, you did post it on like a town square right. so that everybody would see it. And the church at this point was the power, was the mm. place in control. And so that's why it would have been put there. But also they would make pamphlets and it would be spread throughout the town through pamphlet. So when you when Martin took this stand, he knew there's no turning back. Yeah. He knew there is no turning back and that's huge because after this he lived the rest of his life standing on this foundation of truth at all costs and so we're going to jump to 1519 but one thing i want to add to uh what i think is amazing and i can't remember what year let me let me look real quick if it tells me the year Uh, part of me thinks it was before 1519 while he was a while he was studying 
um, just to talk about a little bit of his life and his study habits. The man was unreal when it came to studying. And this was actually leading into before the 1517 um, was how much he spent in the the scriptures. He Mm -hmm. spent two years on the Psalms, two years Mm -hmm. on Romans, another year on Galatians, um, studying the scriptures. And this was a quote that I love that he said about Romans. Romans is my favorite book. (laughs) The letter is the most important chapter in the New Testament and uh, is the pursuit gospel or purest gospel. It would be worth a Christian's efforts not only to memorize this letter word for word, but also to work with it on a daily basis like daily bread for the soul. One can never read or reflect on it too often or too thoroughly. The more frequently you engage yourself with this letter, the more valuable and appetizing it becomes. Mm. And so before we leave into what he started having to defend, we got to recognize this man knew what he was doing and he was ready. He was prepared. Uh, and so let, let's jump there. Lightning speed. Take me to fifteen nineteen because this is where it gets juicy and dicey, and I'm going to have to take a sip of coffee. Yeah. So this is when he was first threatened with excommunication. Oh lord. Which you know surprised it took two years. I maybe honestly, I'm surprised <laughs> it wasn't the next day. Right. So he. Um, this was at a public debate, and he said, and I quote: "A simple layman armed with the scriptures." is superior to both Pope and councils without them. Mm. I mean, <laughs> it makes your hair stand up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I that think was about a that. direct shot at the Pope. Oh. And so then they were like, okay, you're going to be excommunicated. You know what, bro? Go ahead. Take your shot. Yeah. We're coming for you. <laughs> yeah. So then he replied with uh, three treatises, the ad, the address to the Christian nobility Babylonian captivity of the church and the freedom of a Christian. And the first he talked about how he, um, he thought that all Christians were, were priests in their own right. Um, and the second, he reduced the seven sacraments to two, which is baptism and the Lord's supper. And in the third, he told Christians that they were free from law, especially church law, but bound in love to their neighbors, which I found extremely interesting. Mm. Because that reminded me again of the early church. Yeah. When how how did people recognize that there were Christians among them? How they treated their neighbors and how they treated the poor and the needy. That's right. So Martin Luther saw the importance of that too. There's yeah, there well, to even speak to that, I've talked about this, but what did he do during the bubonic plague, which yeah, had a thirty percent to ninety percent kill rate? He took people in. He brought people into his own house. Yeah. I mean, the man the man cared about the the life of people spiritually yeah. and even physically. Well, what are the two greatest commandments? That's right. Love the Lord your God. Love the second is like these. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Um, so fifteen nineteen is where it starts getting juicy and dicey. <laughs> um now after he's excommunicated, do you know what happens? Well, so fifteen twenty one, he was called to an assembly at Worms, Germany. Worms. Worms. W's. I used to think there, there's worms in Germany. Worms. worms. Yeah, there's worms, James. Um, yes. To appear before the Holy Roman Emperor himself. Oh, dude. Now this is... Charles V. Uh, this is where um, it gets very fun. Yeah, because he thought he was coming for a debate. Yeah, yeah. This... No, nah, my man was coming to pretty much get <laughs> condemned. Yeah. Um, and in this... So this is the emperor... Yeah. So what this means is everyone is surrounding him. Um, and let's just talk about it because this is where he pretty much he has to testify for himself. Yeah, it was a trial. So he thought it was a debate, but it turned out it was a trial where they told him you have to recant. Yeah, because they were going to deem him a heretic and burn him at the stake is what they were trying to get to. Right. Because at this time, what happened to heretics? They were murdered. Yes. Right? It was happening in Europe. It was happening in Germany. It's happening in Scotland. It's happening where the Reformation was. And so this is God sparing Luther's life, which is really, really cool. Yes. Um, but he's told to recant. And what does he say? Not yet. This is, remember, the, the beautiful quote isn't just yet. Yeah. He says, pretty much, can I have time to think about it? <laughs> can you imagine? Like, uh, pretty much, you know, like, I'm dead. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Can I have a day to think about it? Yeah. Yeah. And they, what do they do though? They grant him time actually. Yeah. 
which I thought was really cool. And so he has to go stay in the cell, right, and, and all that good jazz. And he thinks about it and prays about it and mm-hmm. spends immense time praying about it. Yeah. And his prayer life, if you if you want to know something cool about his prayer life, is pretty extreme. Like, as Jesse was saying, he would flog himself and throw himself on the floor. But when he, there is record of his prayer life just being seriously extreme, like yelling angrily, just <laughs> mad at himself, but also desiring for God to move in his life and all these things. It's just, yeah, he's a ferocious man. But then it was the next day, I believe. I don't think they gave him more than a day. I think it was the next day. And here's where yeah. my heart starts throbbing. And I wish I was in the crowd going, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, the man, he replied, yep. Unless I can be instructed or convinced with evidence from the Holy Scriptures oh, come on. or with open, clear, and distinct grounds of reasoning, then I cannot and will not recant because it is neither safe nor wise to act against conscience. And he added, here I stand. I could do no other. God help me. Amen. So God help me. Amen. Now that is, we all, everybody knows that I cannot and will not recant. Yeah. But that that ending part here i stand i can do no i can other. do no other yeah. so help me god that part is huge yeah unreal yeah because that is that is what you call selling out for jesus christ right there that is yeah. called sold out that you know what if my life is spared is for the glory of god and if it is not let my life be a testimony Mm. unreal because guess what the emperor had the power to go that's it dad see ya which he did essentially he 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 <laughs> he made an he imperial did edict convicted heretic yeah. but but uh, luther went and hid in a castle yeah so the castle <laughs> in varden uh vartberg if you want to use the w as a v or wartberg but I've vartberg given, i've given up at this point yeah wartberg vartberg he went. He hid in that castle. Now, this what's amazing is while he's hiding in that castle, what happens? There's God's sovereignty again. Now, in the castle is when he translates mm. the New Testament into German. German. Now, why would that be, Jesse Moore? Because just as William Tyndale into the English, he desired for the people to know the truth of the scriptures. Yes. And so we tra- now think about the New Testament. Now we, there's there's opinion that he ended up translating the whole Bible. Yeah, uh, and I I, I think that. he did. Fifteen thirty one, he worked on his Old Testament translation. Yeah, and then this castle is where he spent his time doing the New Testament mm-hmm. because he wanted to get the gospel into people's hands. Yes, he's like, you know what? I've been spared. Let's do it. Yeah, and then they started mass producing those things and getting them out. Catholic Church found out. They started burning them. You know, it was just. But he didn't give up. I think that is so amazing, though. He's like, yeah, I'm hiding out in this tower. I'm going to do something while I'm here. <laughs> you know, I have all, I, this, all this time. I, you know, while I'm here, why not do something? <laughs> yeah. um, which a phenomenal movie that is fairly accurate is uh, the movie Luther. Um, I forgot who made it. I forgot who made it. But the movie Luther, that's the like drama one. Mm-hmm. And then the Luther movie from Ligonier. Uh, which is a documentary is really good. Two great movies you should check out if you want some more information on this stuff. But I think it's just awesome. And then after that, it's just boom, boom, yeah. boom. Thing yeah, thing. he was able to come back in yeah. 1522 um, with help from Philip Melanchthon. Melanchthon, dude. Nobody talks about Melanchthon. Mm-mm. He's the honeycomb of the Reformation. That's his nickname. <laughs> the honeycomb? That's what people call him, the honeycomb. I don't that's know why, but that's I just remember that from church history. <laughs> Yeah. They were well, very that, good friends. That's when that's when he started, you know, digging into the Reformation and stuff like that. So he uh another interesting fact, this one was so so interesting to me, is that he married a runaway nun. So we got a rebellious monk marrying a runaway nun. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I I remember like they don't ever talk about his wife. Or no one ever talks about the fact that John Calvin was married either, really. Right. Uh, but I think it's so funny that she was a runaway nun and he's a rebellious monk. Yeah. Oh, that's priceless. Yeah. He he had over his years, he entered into many disputes which divided oh, people yeah. into friends and oh, enemies. Yeah. <laughs> one of which is my man, poor guy, Ulrich Zwingli. I love him eating his sausages out in public. But they did not get along <laughs> at all. About Luther and Ulrich. Yes. Yeah, they were not friends. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. They were not. Melanchthon and Luther were. Yes. Uh, 
but not Ulrich and Luther. No. Yeah, he, you know, Sad. Luther didn't have a lot of friends. He had a decent amount of friends, but he didn't have a lot of friends. Well, it said he was, I'll use the word, cantankerous. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what, not right. Uh, yeah, they said he was very cantankerous, and you've said it before, prone to to language. Yeah, so he had a language, he had a cussing problem. Yeah. Um, and now if you're like, he wasn't a believer, he was cussing. Now, don't get me started right now. I, okay, you know, man is sinful. All right. Yeah. Because oh, I, and before we kind of start wrapping it up, because we're getting towards the end of his life, you know, his later years he struggled. Mm-hmm. And you got to think everything that this man went through. Did he finish well? History doesn't really say. Some some biographies say, man, he finished great. Some say that he did not finish well. Did you read anything on that? They just, so they, they ended with his accomplishments, which I think is a a great thing to do. Good, praise don't, the Lord. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't I, I think it. they just, so they were talking about, he preached, um, well, you know, we talked about the translation of the Bible into German, which is a hallmark of his, of his yes. tenure. So then he also wrote, because we've talked about this, he was a fantastic um, lover of music. He he loved music, yep. but he also sang, and he played the lute and the flute, and he he wrote A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Oh, still one of the most popular Yeah, um, from Psalm 8. Is it Psalm 8? No. Yeah, it is Psalm 8. No? <laughs> we'll get back to you. Sorry, I'm... I'm <laughs> I've been having that issue lately. I'm no, just like, right. Right, no. Um, yeah, he, he loved me. He, his quote, second to the word of God, the noble art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. Yep. He saw it as a form of worship. He did. He wrote a ton of hymns. Uh, we have collections of those, and they're actually really good. He wrote mm-hmm. a ton of commentaries. I mean, think about that. One of his greatest works still today is the Galatians commentary. Yeah. I have it. It is an amazing commentary. And Romans. But the Galatians one is significantly done well. I, I mean, if you ever want to look at it, I got it. Um, yeah. He, and let's talk about another accomplishment. He was one of the front runners of helping pull out the truth of the doctrine of justification of faith. Uh, St. Augustine really helped develop that and, and put it into word that here's the doctrine of justification, what it means biblically and defining it scripturally. Right. And then Martin Luther was a huge advocate for that, them together. Um, we No one ever talks about St. Augustine with that, but. St. Augustine was a big front runner of that with his life, which we need to have an episode on him, yeah, confessions and all that. Um, but lots of commentaries, tons of sermons, tons yeah. of writing, wrote pretty much translated the whole Bible into German for his people. I mean, the man is just... They, they talked about how in his later years, he he was sick a lot. Yeah, um, and he was ex- he suffered from exhaustion a lot. And they specifically cited fifteen thirty one. He was sick for six months and suffered from exhaustion. Yet he preached one hundred and eighty sermons, wrote fifteen <laughs> tracts, and managed to work on the Old Testament uh, translation. I'm exhausted, sick, but I'm going to do all of this anyways. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole concept we talked about last week: exhausting yourself for the sake yeah. of the gospel. And that's what they said he he died. He wore his body out, and so he died when he, he was 16, uh, 63. Yeah, he, they, Calvin died in his 50s, I believe, yeah. and he died at 63. You got Charles Spurgeon that died, I think, at 57. Yeah. These men died pretty young, but they lived every minute for sake of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, a lot of people want to just give him heck and be like, man, you know, he, he was a drunk at times. He had a foul mouth. But let's think about it. Our, who are we to throw the first stone? We've got, we all got our sin struggles. Yeah. Well, man, Pastor Larry talked about that Wednesday. Oh yeah, you were in his, you're in his Wednesday study. Yeah. Forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching the kiddos, and you're over there getting fed. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. So it's you know I I found this interesting. This this is almost impossible to prove, but this is this is a saying about mm-hmm. Martin Luther. Sure. It has been said that in most libraries, books by and about Martin Luther occupy more shelves than those concerned with any other figure in history except Jesus. Mm. It's difficult to verify, but we can understand why it's likely. I have a ton of books on Martin Luther for a reason. I have a whole whole section for the Reformers. Well, Um, see, it's not, he was not just important for the church. He was important for the progression of mankind. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've made point to that before we started. Yeah. That he was part of the reason the medieval ages 
got out of the medieval ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a huge part of history, you know, and praise be to God for the life of Martin Luther. Praise be to God for men like John Knox, Martin Luther, John Calvin, Ulrich Zwingli, William Tyndale that said, you know what? The gospel is the most important thing to me. Yes. Jesus Christ is that sacred uh, because where would we be if it wasn't for men that took a stand for this back then? Yeah. I mean, chances are, Catholic Church could be in control of all of us. Well, see, and that's what something or something even worse. This is this is something. Um, when he was about to do his ninety-five theses, he um, he talked about how faith no longer consisted of assenting to the church, the church's teachings, but now trusting the promises of God and the merits of Christ. Yeah. That is, I mean, had we not had men who God showed that to, that's, right. that's like you were saying, what would what would today look like? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, you know, I don't know if within, I, this is something I've always wondered, and I'm going to bring it up here even in public, but I've always wondered, like, is Martin Luther one of those people that's still, you know, by the Catholic Church is somebody that they do not enjoy hearing about? So I will say this. Um, they talked about that, and it said both Catholics and Protestants affirmed that he was not only right about a great deal of things, but that he changed the course of Western history Bingo. for the better. Because I was going to say, if it wasn't for Martin Luther, though, the Catholic Church would not have really gotten some of the purification it needed, maybe. Right. Because out of this, we start to see those things like indulgences mm-hmm. uh, and, and the worship of some symbols and things like that that were taking place heavily then. Right. Shift. Mm-hmm. And so praise be to God on both sides is what I wanted to add. Yeah, because... Yeah. I've always wondered that, you know, like, is he certain sects of the church in the Catholic church? Do they hate him? And I think you, the Lord used him for the entirety yeah, uh, in a good way. And so, but I mean, I'm very thankful if, if we wouldn't have the Protestant church, we wouldn't be where we're at if it wasn't for God raising up men like this. And so praise be to God for that and God's hand over his life, man, I'm telling you now let's ask a question before we close out of all of these reformers. Which one do you go, man, some of his quotes and some of the things in his life, that's what I want to, I want to be like, man, I, I got to tell you, which one, which one do you just go, man, that's my guy. I, I got to go with Martin Luther, dude. Like his stuff. It's okay. That's fine. The man, he was just, especially when he, he did the 95 theses in response to specifically the indulgences and stuff yeah. like that. He was just. He was like, no, no, I have got to speak out about this. This is wrong. People need to know. This is, you know. That's good. No, I I figured that's, I thought you would say him. I did. I mean, I do love Ulrich Zwingli and his Uh, eating sausage in public (laughs) stories. I don't think I'll ever forget that. But man, Martin Luther. Um, Man. You know, I think. We know who you like. (laughs) Who do I hate? What's the well, I, I think I know who you like. I think if Knox, Calvin, and Luther had a baby, <laughs> it would be me. See, I would, I would, this is what I would, you, John Calvin, and then Knox and Martin Luther at a close second. So, John Calvin is who I would want to be the most right. like, why? I'll, I'll explain is his heart for his people. Right. Dude, the man taught over 10 times a week. Yeah. Because he wanted his people to know the scriptures. That that is a heart that I want right there is to yeah. love your people that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he loved to study the word too. Yeah. But then I've got a little bit of that anger that Knox and Luther have. I get frustrated about things <laughs> that are not righteous. See, for me, Luther <laughs> Luther had that confidence, right? And so you yeah. and I have talked about this before too. The story of Stephen. Oh, gets, dude! We yeah. talked about how it gets to both of us, right? Well, that's William Tyndale too. The boldness, exactly. To the boldness. So what? Yes. Quoting. Um. Well, I forgot what his last words were before he died, but he's quoting scripture and praying for the people as he's going out. Yeah. Hey, you know, take my spirit. You know, and I mean, just he's standing before the Sanhedrin, and they're ridiculously angry, yelling at him, shouting, and he just looks up. <laughs> He says, "I see heaven." Jesus sitting on the right hand of the oh Father. Oh my! Yes, every time you, every time we talk about that story, okay. I read it. I get goosebumps and I weep. Yeah, and they immediately drag him out and stone him. And the whole time he's 
praising God and praying, praying for the people that are stoning him. And then he's, you know, I come into you, my spirit, Lord. That's the heart of Christ. Yeah. Because what did Jesus say on the cross? Yeah. Father, forgive them. Yeah. For they know not what they right. do. And see, with Stephen, he had just, he was, he was just a, nominated yeah. as a deacon by the yeah. apostles. And he's like, hey, you know, because he was a really intellectual guy as well. Young. Yeah. Intellectual. And young. so this happened and then he died quickly. And, and so that, testimony, man. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I pray, um, ever since I've gotten back into the looking into the early church and stuff like that, the story of Stephen really has stuck with me in my heart. Well, they lived that story. Yeah. And so I pray daily, you know, one of the, I pray for two things specifically, one for steadfastness of faith like David. And the next one is give me boldness like Stephen. Yeah, no, dude, that's, that's huge because for me, it's give me the courage mm -hmm. and the boldness of Stephen and the confidence. And, yeah. and then I always, one of my big prayers is let me have the, um, the fear of God, but not the fear of man. Right. Um, to, to have that fear of God that the reformers had, but the desire for no fear of man that they had, cause they didn't care. They knew that man could not ultimately destroy them. Right. And that's why they said, Oh yeah, I'm more fearful of the one who can destroy right. soul here. I stand. I can do no other. So help me Same God. Thing. Oh yeah. man, this is good stuff. Well, coffee would burn folks. My people, me and Jesse's people and Malone's <laughs> people. What a series. Yeah. I'm so depressed right now because now it's over. Well, what a way to end it. You know, Reformation Day, our, our special. We needed this. <laughs> we needed this. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I, I, we are going to have a Reformation Day party, uh, students, Friday night. Mm. I'll be putting that out for you today. But, hey, uh, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about some of this stuff and, and, and have a time of just some fun studying but uh, for all of our other listeners and students, <clears throat> before we close, hey, go study some of this stuff or watch all the episodes or listen to them. Um, and when Saturday rolls around, a day that is some people do enjoy the demonic side of and some people do some things that are not very holy, you know, on a day that is not celebrated wisely. Thank God for what he's done over the church history. Yeah. Um, and, and thank him that we're able to be where we are today because of men like such. And so, hey, until next time, enjoy your week. Shabbat Shalom. Go in peace. We'll see you next week.